Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from Sacramento, California. Woke up quick. At about noon. Featuring Damian Barling. Yes, I absolutely still love Russell Westbrook. So what? And Kenny Carraway. Sometimes you're really just vibing out. This is D-Lo and KC. I'm the streets voice out west. Legendary self-made progress. Last time that I checked. On ESPN 1320. Happy Friday and welcome into the December 16th edition. Friday, December 16th edition of D-Lo and KC. I'm Damian Barling. He's Kenny Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. And we are so happy that you are here with us. Will Z is going to join us to preview the Kings and Pistons coming up here uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Immediately following that, Chris Biederman uh, of the Sacramento Bee and host of Candlestick Chronicles. He's going to be with us. Uh, he's in Detroit uh, for the Kings game tonight. And, of course, uh, he's one of the great 49ers reporters as well. So a lot to talk to him about. Trista Crick, 2 o'clock, Kyle Matson, James Ham. You know them Friday vibes, man. We got you uh, all day long. And I'll say this because it's probably the last word that I'm going to be able to get in uh, for the next 12 minutes or so. San Francisco 49ers looked good yesterday as they clinched the NFC West. Beating the Seattle Seahawks twenty three to thirteen. Hey man, there ain't no, there ain't no I'll rant. I'll see you guys on Monday. There ain't there ain't no rant to go on. You said it. You said what it is. You said what it is. It looked good. And look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm gonna come with the same energy. We talked yesterday in this very studio. You asked me how I was feeling about the game. I said, ah, oh, not good. It's a tough situation. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd, I'd well, sorry, good kid, Dad City. I'm sorry you actually listened to me this time. But if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be betting on the Niners to win. Well, that's that's before that's before I knew who thirteen was. <laughs> that's before I knew who thirteen was. I mean, Damien, Damien, hold on, man. Hold on. Let me let me start let me start with small potatoes. Let me start with small potatoes. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know you my man's. You know you my man's. All right. But you go ahead and make sure that foot is 100% for all the workouts you may have to do this offseason. You know, the x-rays and the MRIs that you have to show to these teams that you're going to be, you know, potentially going to as a free agent. There's no need to risk it in these playoffs. And even if you tried, me and young Shanny, we wouldn't let you in. Because that man 13, that's all I need to see. I will take my chances with that young man. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. All I'm saying is I've seen what I needed to see, and I'm willing to take my chances with 13 in these playoffs. That's what it is. That's small potatoes. Now, you want to talk about big picture? 
Oh, Lord have mercy. I didn't just for the record, but. Lord have mercy. You know, you know I love, I love Trey Lance. You know I love Trey Lance. That's my guy, Trey Area, the whole business. But man, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you, the, I'm gonna tell you the one that got me. This, this may be something that just went to the, went under the radar of of, of others, and you know maybe it didn't stick out to others the way it stuck out to me. But on that, I don't know what it was, forty-seven yard touchdown to George Kittle or whatever the case may be. Brock Purdy's sitting in there. And I was listening to my guys on the morning roast. They're 100%. That was probably his third or fourth read. That wasn't where the play was designed to go. He went through all the progressions. But there's a little thing that I saw that I was like, oh, this guy feels great. He has an understanding and a feel for the game that we haven't seen. He was in the pocket. He's going through his reads, going through his reads. He sees Kittle. There's this little sidestep he does in the pocket that is instinctual. It was instinctual. He wasn't taught that. It was instinctual. Where he said, oh, let me get in the pocket, but not too far over here where I'm away from the defensive lineman or the defensive line. I'm still in the pocket. I still got room to step into my throat. And it was just a little bang, bang. That's that's just, he's got that. He's got that. He's got that. And as much as I love Trey Lance, I haven't seen those type of things from Trey Lance. The intangibles. Purdy was just in that pocket. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, sidestep. Bang! Come on, man. 13. I don't know. I'm not ready to make that just yet, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Brock Purdy. I love what I'm seeing. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And let me, real quick, let me get something out the way too. Because Dr. David in here talking about, uh, where, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? We ain't, we ain't even going to do that. We ain't even going to do that. I'm trying to find it. I can't even find it. Oh, yeah. There he is. Dr. David saying, Kenny trying to trade Trey Lance. Let me take my shades off right now so you can look deep into my eyes when I say this. Jesus Christ. Trey Lance ain't going nowhere. Trey Lance is a San Francisco 49er. He is a great asset to what this team is trying to do. And we're going to work with Trey Lance. We're going to develop Trey Lance. He's not going anywhere. He's still gang out here. Just want to make that perfectly clear. Okay. I guess I'll be the one to point this out. All of this conversation is ridiculous. From beginning to end, from you. Even the Jimmy one? From Bonte. From 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 Butch. It's all ridiculous. Even the Jimmy? All of it. It's all ridiculous. He's done a good job though. That's what matters. I will be the one to point this out, since apparently I'm I'm the only one who looks elsewhere here when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. This team hasn't lost since Christian McCaffrey was traded here. Mm. So you can talk about Brock Purdy all you want. Mm. And go back a few weeks and talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, game managing and 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 reducing mistakes. It's fine. Seven straight now for your squad. Seven straight games. They have not lost a football game than Christian since Christian McCaffrey was traded here. That ish should be the story. Ish. How's that ish? He was there for the Chiefs game. 
Okay. Ish. I mean, he was here for two days. Okay. That's why I say ish. Okay. You're right. That's no. That's facts. You're right. He was he was here for the Chiefs game. Ish. It's, 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 ish. He yeah. was here. Yeah. He was here. He 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 gets that L. Um, but seven straight. But wins. point well taken. I mean, no, no, Damien, no. Don't get it twisted. Se- I'll well say taken. seven straight wins since you had a couple more than two days. To yeah, since Christian he was McCaffrey really since he was really in great. No point well taken. And you look and 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 one hundred percent. You 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 maybe go a little bit further here. You look at the last two weeks without Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. How's Christian McCaffrey looked in those last two weeks? Mm-hmm. Last night in the week, you know, Sunday. It's, it's, I, I guess I should ask you how Christian McCaffrey's looked in the last five days. That's really what we're talking about. Sensational. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Sensational. That's how he's looked. And that is perhaps a far bigger story than Brock Purdy. That could be the reason... John Lynch lands executive of the year. Mm. That could be the reason this team is set up along, of course, with this uh, tremendous defense who, again, you know, they did everything we thought they would last night. The the game didn't go too far off what I expected other than I didn't think the 49ers were going to put up 21 points. Thought they'd put up a little less than that. That should have been a blowout. That was on the verge. If it wasn't for that sorry rough in the passing call, and the fact that we showed mercy on Pete Carroll, I would have punched it in from the one. That's a so, that's a that's a beat down. So you, there was mercy shown on Pete Carroll last night. Hell yeah, we was at the one. Why, why was why was why did why did Kyle do that? Because he wants to you know be uh, have good sportsmanship and uh, be respectful. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I would have punched it in. You don't even you don't believe that. What do, what do you mean? You don't believe Kyle let up on Pete Carroll last night? He literally you, did. They you, were on the one inside the one. With a minute to go as a touchdown. But no, he takes the knee and, and we move on with a 21-13 win. Absolutely. That would have been dumb. Hey, come on, man. That would have been dumb to try to put that ball in. Okay. You could have just run the clock out. That would have been dumb. That's that's fine. Sportsmanship. We're that's just not sport- sportsmanship. What that's, is it? That, it's protecting your players. Oh, You're running man. an extra play. I'm come on, man. There, man. I'm running that in there. At least I'm mad and I'm running it in. Well. You don't have uh, millions of dollars in radio hosts sending you Redfin passwords on the line <laughs> when you're playing Madden. Uh, but the 49ers got the win. More importantly, the 49ers got the NFC West. In all likelihood, the 49ers have – they haven't guaranteed themselves. It's not a mathematical lock, but we're not stupid either. The 49ers have pretty much secured a three-seed or higher – uh, depending on how this mm-hmm. shakes out, which creates an interesting final three weeks uh, for Kyle Shanahan and this group to navigate. Mm-hmm. Not just Kyle Shanahan, but Brock Purdy as well. Brock Purdy isn't a traditional starting quarterback heading into the playoffs where you go, oh, we're going to rest our guys headed here into the to the final weeks of the season. He probably needs those reps. He probably needs that timing work. But you, I, I, I think what you saw from George Kittle last night was extraordinary. Uh, you want to bottle that somehow, and in order to bottle that, you have to have George Kittle out there on the field. Maybe you minimize what he does uh, in the next few weeks. We know Debo's not going to be around. There is no point in Debo returning uh, during the regular season. This team's not going to have an official playoff buy. Uh, they're going to play the first weekend of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all, all signs are Debo's going to be playing uh, first week of the playoffs. How they manage this could go a long way in determining how they come out that first weekend, first weekend uh, in the NFL playoffs. And I think it's tricky. It's tough. It's a tough position for them to be in. Obviously, you're excited. 
uh, that the playoff spot was locked up, that the division was locked up. Uh, you've got a home game, at least one home game locked up. You know, that's really, that's really exciting. There, there's, this is this is a this is a tough this is a tough thing I think for Kyle Shanahan to navigate over the course of the next few weeks. I don't think there is a people will tell you there are right or wrong answers. I don't think there's an easy answer for how you navigate these next few weeks, especially with virtually no shot at a buy, like a, a real buy, a, a, a one seed, mm-hmm. and you know even 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 you know moving up is possible. Two seed is possible. Yeah. One is not. Yeah. And that's more home games, so it's not something you sneeze at. I was um, on the post game, so the 49ers post game show on the NBC Sports, whatever. Uh, I don't know if I agree with this, but Dante Whitner, who's been in them trenches, was like, "Man, you keep playing them. You keep playing them. The rest can." I don't dis. I don't. I don't disagree with that. In most cases, I don't disagree with mm-hmm. that. I have my concerns about this team has been banged up a lot. That's Eric, that's Eric, the concern. Yeah. Eric Armstead has been banged up a lot. You can't lose Nick Bosa, the defensive player of the year, and you can't lose Fred. There, there are certain guys that you just that nothing you just nothing can happen to. And granted, some could happen at practice tomorrow or mm-hmm. t- Tuesday, and it has for the Forty Nine. That's exactly <laughs> they, they exactly practice exactly. Um, I, I I absolutely agree. You keep going. You keep playing football. But there's obviously a downside to that, especially because it feels like every, you know, it's Friday, every Monday, some sort of season-ending injury is being announced. Mm. To and, and not to, you know, random depth chart guy 47, but to a player who matters, to a player who is really important to what they do. Uh, that's the only thing that gives me pause for this San Francisco 49ers team. No, understandable for sure. Uh, there's a lot more Kenny wants to say. Maybe I'll throw some thoughts in here on the 49ers <laughs> as well. I watched the game. I enjoyed it. I watched it from a neutral party expect- perspective, and I walked away really impressed with what I saw. So we're going to dive into that. Plus, yo, Kings close out their road trip tonight. Yeah, man. Jesse asked a really interesting question that I want to bring here to the show, and we want to talk to Will Z. Uh, also some news on Mike Brown. Mike Brown will be coaching tonight. That's good. Uh, but he's lost some money in the process. Uh, we'll we explain. When D-Lo and Casey, uh, he lost even more money. Ah, damn. We'll explain when D'Lo and Casey return here on this Friday edition uh, on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Odyssey app, 1320 AM, 98.5 FM on your HD radio. You can watch the show if you'd like. Twitch.tv slash ESPN1320, YouTube.com. Slash ESPN uh, 1320. You can see Kenny rocking the turtleneck today. And you can see the handsome face of the stat god, Will Z, here with us uh, to preview tonight's closeout game uh, to the six-game road trip against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Will Z, always a pleasure to have you. By the way, check out Will's great work over on ESPN 1320's website, ESPN1320.net. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll dive into the numbers, and, and Kenny will talk more about this as the day progresses. This is a game the Kings need to win. It, 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 Detroit's not very good at all. Uh, they just put up 140 against Charlotte, who is the only team in the league, I think, worse than them. But, well, this is a game that I think the Kings really need to win. They do. I mean, Detroit, they come in with the 29th-ranked defense, which the Kings have had just a continuous stream of, I think, all seven of their last games have been against top 12 defenses. So it's just one of those games where it's kind of a game that they should win. And I finally feel comfortable saying that about this current Kings team, unlike last year's and years before, where they should win this game. And the numbers show that. Do you think that, um, you know, the Kings are a team built to kind of change what they want to do defensively from game to game? And I ask that because you think about this Pistons team and you talked a little bit during the break when we were chatting is one of the only ways they're going to beat you is if they go crazy from three. And they don't have a lot of guys that can go crazy from three. So do you change your defensive strategy if you're the Kings to kind of, you know, play the, play the pack line defense maybe and, and make sure there's no holes to drive to the basket and you kind of, I don't want to say sacrifice the three-point shot, but, you know, you know that's where their weakness is. Yeah, I feel like that's something that Mike Brown – like, that's a really good question. Um, I don't have numbers to prove anything, but, I mean, it makes it seem like with the adjustments that we've seen in third quarters and just throughout games, and especially game to game when they've played teams multiple times, it seems like there's been adjustments mm. made. Um, so I feel like that's what good teams do and that the Kings have the personnel and the coaching staff to kind of make sure that they're making those adjustments on a game-to-game basis. It'll be interesting to see um, for the Pistons, like you were saying, there's Boyan Bogdanovich, who's just going nuts this year. Um, he's averaging career highs in 21 points, 2.4 assists, 4.9 free throw attempts, 50% from the field, and 43% from the three-point line. Hmm. Um, so he's leading them in scoring, which surprised me. So just don't let him get going and don't let the team as a whole get going from three. 
Yeah, you said, you mentioned that a, a, a minute ago that the Pistons' best opportunity to win games is when they get hot from three, and that made me look back at the game here at the Golden 1 Center where the Detroit Pistons, they scored 129 points. Of course, the Kings won that game, uh, as many remember from the Drake bars uh, that were <laughs> dropped. But 15 of 29 from three for the Detroit Pistons in that game. Mm-hmm. 51.7% from three, man. That's I, – I, 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 man, that's tough. I, I don't think Mike Brown – obviously, Mike wants to end this road trip with a W – I don't imagine even in a victory, 129 points and 50% from three is going to leave coach who, who just lost $25,000 because of that encounter with the official uh, the other night. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be too pleased with that effort. No, and looking back at that game, Ivy was 4-4 four four from three, which on the season he's shooting um, Below 30 in the 29.8%. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think that for him, that's an outlier game. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how many times he's made four threes in a game, but with that percentage, it can't be much. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing he has no other four. Again. Yeah, I'm guessing he has no other four for four game this season. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. The the other thing about that though, you know, listening to those numbers, you, you talk about Jaden Ivey. I know Kevin Knox went crazy. You know, Kevin Knox can shoot the ball, but I mean, he hasn't. Like that's his skill set, but he hasn't done it. Done it in the league, mm-hmm. and he was on fire. I think he had another four threes that game. If I'm Mike Brown, I look at it where that first game was an anomaly. If we do what we're supposed to do on the defensive end, they're not doing that again. They're not putting. Would you say 129? 129. Yeah. It's not happening. They hit a lot of threes. They were efficient from beyond the arc. I'm a. I'm a bet. That if we do what we're supposed to do, it doesn't have to be suffocating defense, but we do what we're supposed to do, they're not going to shoot like that again. And that's one of those things. You hear Jeff Van Gundy um, say it a lot of times on different scenarios in the games. Don't overreact to a play. You know, don't overreact. If if your game plan going in is, you know, give them the three-point shot, if they hit two threes, don't panic and overreact. Mm -hmm. Stick with the game plan, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, if if I'm Mike Brown and that coaching staff with the Pistons tonight. And then the good news for the Pistons is even if they do get going on offense, their defense is is not good. So the Kings, it's not ideal, but realistically have a chance to win in a shootout too because of the Detroit defense being subpar as well. Someone who didn't get enough attention from you and I yesterday, and I did bring this up with Matt George uh, in the 3 o'clock hours, Keegan Murray. Uh, Keegan Murray didn't have a big offensive night against Toronto, but he had some really impactful plays mm-hmm. against Toronto. And, Will, you wrote today how Keegan, and, 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 and it's worth pointing out, you got Keegan and Jaden Ivey, two guys who we talked a lot about uh, during the draft process, but how Keegan Murray has really kind of quietly got going again the last handful of games. Yeah, it's been sneaky. Um, he's up to, in his last nine games, 13.7 points, 4.2 rebounds, and he's shooting 46% from the field and 42% from three on a pretty high volume, too. So it's just that three-point shot that kind of left him for a little in the middle of games there has come back, and he doesn't need the volume to put up 13 points a game. He only needs a handful of shots, and he's really making the most of the looks that he's getting. 
Keegan hit that, if memory serves me correctly, you're better at this than I am. When that run happened after Mike Brown got tossed, mm-hmm. it was Keegan that hit a three that was it, uh, that was huge and kind of, all right, okay, settle down now. Yeah. Like we just we just gave up like six points on that possession. Settle down, let's get going. Keegan was the one who hit that three. I, I think it was a floater still three. Like he had a little three-play sequence mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. That you know, kind of kept them above water yeah. until everybody else can get going. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah, he's uh, he's 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 gotten going again, as you said, Will, uh, over the course of the last nine games. And Jaden Ivey, I imagine his the reliance on him is going to pick up quite a bit now with Cade Cunningham officially out for the remainder of the year. He had surgery yeah, his... today, by the way. It said to it said to heal rec- uh, uh, speed recovery. I'm still not clear yeah, what the hell went on. We don't need to speed anything up. Just, <laughs> but but the, the, the oh, surgery to, to 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 aid the healing process. Like what? Oh, what, oh. what? 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 What did you cut them open and put an ice pack in there? What are we doing? I still don't get. I, I still don't get what shin surgery is. But regardless, Will, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's good. Um, yeah, that's a head scratcher. Uh, but Ivy, yeah, his numbers. I looked them them a little in terms of when Cade went down. And they didn't really go up. It's actually his percentages went down. So, so far, Ivy just hasn't been very efficient, mm-hmm. um, which is normal for rookies. Um, but, I mean, he's going to get so much more run with Cade being out. He's at just about 30 minutes per game, which is second most of all rookies. So he's just getting a ton of minutes out there. Yeah. And another guy that uh, the numbers don't back it up. Maybe it's just every time that I see him play. Um, he looked solid. I thought he – can't remember. I don't have it in front of me what he did the first time they played. But Killian Hayes, I know that his game has been up and down um, as far as production-wise. You know, one one night he'll have 22 against the Mavs. Then he'll have five or something like that. Yeah, nine in Sacramento. Nine in Sacramento. Um, but I don't know. I got my eye on, on Killian Hayes. You know what I mean? I, that's somebody that I don't want to feel comfortable, right? Like if he's not playing great right now, don't let him have a – 11 point first quarter where he starts to feel good about himself keep him keep him down because i i like his skill set i think he has skills and if you get him going he's a talented ball player yeah it's really one of those kind of classic kings of old and like don't let role players go <laughs> off which we've seen so many times but yeah. um hasn't really been can you guys think of any role players that have really had like monster games like in years past this year. No, that now they just let the best players go off. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah. Paul George I, had. I don't 40, know if that's better, Steph, but it yeah. makes Evan more Booker. sense. Well, no, I'd rather lose to Steph Curry than uh, you know Warriors guy three who got his jersey <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday. Like I, I, I'm I'm okay with that. You lose to Steph, yeah. you're in a long line of teams that have lost to, lost to Steph Curry rather than the one team who lost to the guy who wears you know eleven on the team. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, Great stuff, as always, Will. We appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll be tuned in uh, to the timeline tonight. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Take care, Will Z. man, Will Z right there. You know, I I think that's one interesting note about Cade Cunningham going out at the time that he has. This Detroit team wasn't going anywhere, in my opinion. They were a team that I was looking forward to watching, and well, that died early. Uh, and now, Kate Cunningham, it's, it's gone. It's virtually non-existent. But the one thing that worries me a little bit about that is I, I think there's value. We've talked about this. 
in different scenarios before where you get you get a note that says, hey, in this case, Cade Cunningham is out for the year. It's not he's going to be reevaluated in six mm-hmm. weeks. He's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks. No, he's gone, mm-hmm. which means we have to adjust to life without him right now. And I think that it's it's. I, I hate the next man up line because I feel like it's a bit degrading to some guys, though I understand why coaches use it. Who's going to step in and fill that spot? And I think there's a certain comfort level, not in a disrespectful way, but there's a comfort level of like, he's gone. I've got an opportunity here. I have to make the most of it. Again, he's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. But once the news came out, we saw what they, that he was gone, gone. We saw that they were able to do against Charlotte. And and that's that's the one thing that gives me pause tonight is you got it you got a team that's kind of in a in a full on shuffle. Let's let's regroup here and see what we can put together. Yeah. I don't believe this team is very good. I think they're only going to win a dozen or so games the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. But at this early stage, I am a little. You know, you talk about Killian Hayes. You talk about the you, you know the role players jumping off those. That's the thing that's got me a, a, a smidge bit on edge tonight. Yeah, I, I understand that for sure. Um, respect for the opponent as well, um, but like you started off saying, man, they should they should handle business tonight. They're they're a much better team than Detroit. I've said a number of different times, the individuals on on the Detroit Pistons, they have a lot of individual players that I like. You know, whether it's um, obviously Cade who's out, but I like Jaden Ivey. Uh, I like Sadiq Bey. I like Jalen Duran. I like uh, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, Killian Hayes, his skill set, I like him. He hasn't really proven it in the league. But they have individual guys, Bogdanovich. I, I like him as well. But, I mean, collectively as a group. He's going to be one of the hottest guys on the market. He already kind of is one of the hottest guys on the yeah, trade market. Yeah, for sure. So... I don't know. I think they should handle business, and I'm, I'm like, I thought about it a little bit, a little bit more, and I would be pretty upset if they lost tonight. You, you've got an opportunity to go three and three on the six-game road trip, but even more than that, maybe not more than that, but just as it's you know important as that is, you just had a heck of a win in Toronto, maybe the win of the year, highly emotional victory. Mm-hmm. How are you going to respond from that? Yeah. That's what I want to start to see. How you respond from these moments? You know, are you satisfied with that? Are you still on the high of that and you're not even thinking about this game? Or are you looking at it kind of how I just talked about it as, hey, we, we, that win in Toronto was huge because it gave us the opportunity to kind of finish what we want to do. Are they happy with two and four on the road trip? You know, are they being ultra realistic and being like, hey, it's a tough road trip. You know, we got that second one on Wednesday. That was big, and there's a little bit of a letdown. I'm not saying that's necessarily how they're thinking, but, um, you know, uh, subliminally, are they thinking, ah, are they taking that XL and they let Detroit hang in this game and, and steal it later in the game? How are they going to approach tonight is really what it is. So uh, this this – this brings to mind the PTSD conversation following, you know, losing a couple of games badly to New York and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We've called for them to respond a couple of times, and they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked how would they respond after the, quote, emotional victory against the Indiana Pacers. They won a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. 
we asked how they would respond after getting their ass kicked by the Boston Celtics. They didn't beat the Phoenix Suns, but I have zero issue with the way they responded and played the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think in the moments, because I don't think this is the first time we've asked how are they going to respond. Remember, this team lost the first four games of the season. I feel like they've responded at every turn. And this, for, for me, and, and, I, and I think your, 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 your feeling is valid, and for me, this might be the game that puts that to rest for the rest of the season. If you come out here and beat Detroit after that game against Cleveland, which not only puts you at 3-3 three and three on this road trip, which I don't think a soul on the planet would think that that's not a, a, a tremendous accomplishment. It puts them at 500, I think, through 16 games on the road. Mm-hmm. And they're, they'd be the eighth team with a 500 or better record on the road in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could put to rest all of those. How are they going to respond? How are they going to respond? Because we're used to them not Mm-hmm. Talking about how they're going to respond. We're used to them just flat out not responding. I don't think that's the case this season. And maybe this is the game, at least for me, that puts those worries to bed. This would be the game that could do that. To talk about what you talked about um, with the times before, and you're 100% right, the only caveat I would have with that is those games were at home, number one. The, how you respond to Boston – Phoenix was back at home. Yep. Um, how you respond, you know, after Indiana, the Clippers was on the road. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll be, I can be real. I mean, the, the Clippers weren't playing anybody. Any of their top guys weren't out there. I, and that's I mean, not that's the fault. Fine. That's not the fault of the Kings. They did what they were supposed to do in that situation. But, but I, I can't treat but that's, that the same. That's that's my point. They did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, but I can't look at that and say, oh, I'm not going to question them no more because. Some people could say that about the Detroit game today. Like, oh, they're playing a sorry Detroit team. Let's see what they do when they play, you know, Memphis, you know, before going home. Or whatever the case may well, be. There's going to be – That's not the same thing. There's going to be a lot of those moments. The but, conversation's totally different. We're, we're, the conversation we're having today is totally different if they're going to play Memphis. But but to me, just doing it on the road, that's, that's another thing another stepping stone they're gonna be this all the I, way I feel like you're discounting the LA game a little too much I mean I, they, I, know, I know the guys weren't there it was a road game you could argue that Clippers team that they played that Saturday is comparable to the Detroit Pistons no they're far worse that Clippers team is far worse they they don't have a Jaden Ivey okay. they don't have a Bogdanovich that it was Reggie Jackson Norman Powell Paul George, Kawhi Leonard were all out. Who's scoring points? Or no, I think Reggie Jackson might have played. Or was I know John Wall played, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, the the point that I have with all of it though is I don't think Reggie Jackson did play. He did play. Terrence Mann, thirteen points. I like Terrence Mann too. The crazy thing is I like a lot of those people on the on the Clippers. Brandon Boston Jr. had eighteen in that game. Brandon Boston Jr. could go. He can go. I think he was a second round pick. I was hoping the Kings would have took a chance on him. This will be, man. So we are. We obviously know the the, the six game road trip. Mm. the 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 Clippers game was in December, which means seven of the eight games they will have played in December have been on the road. Mm. With the one home game being that Chicago game after that the the Clippers. Man, 
and and then it's it's gonna it's gonna flip in their favor. You know, yeah. it's it's gonna get crazy yeah. for for their home schedule. I just think, and maybe it is the PTSD, but I also want to be fair to maybe the process, I guess, because while while this team has nothing to do with 16 years or anything like that, this roster, it's still a team that's like new. Like they they haven't they don't have the 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 battle wounds of a Phoenix Suns right now where you know hey Phoenix has been there one of the reasons why people look at the Lakers is because obviously they have LeBron James and stuff but those guys have have done it they've done it we've seen them say all right we're gonna go win seven out of eight or eight out of ten and that's why we still feel like they're lurking Mm -hmm. this Kings team I'm not saying they can't do it I'm just saying we haven't seen it one way or the other so there's gonna be these little tests along the way like can is this group going to respond? I believe they this have. This whole season's going to be a test. Exactly. Exactly. That's my, that's my whole point. I, much like you, believe they're going to respond. I've, I've said it for weeks. This team don't blink. They don't blink. Yeah. But there's still, you know, that little bit of, ah, let me, let me see it. Let me see it for sure. And that's what this Detroit game represents to me. Let me see you go out there and beat Detroit the way you're supposed to. If you don't, I'm not looking at you like, oh, I knew they didn't have it. I'm just saying I, I want to see you get it done. Does this game determine whether there, it was a successful road trip or not? I'm on, I go back and forth with that because I still because at the beginning of the trip, I don't know if I said it on the air or quietly. I don't know, but I was like two. And you four. a wild dude for that. I was like two. Well, because I, I don't know. Kenny had a show in his head in which he said. I, I got a, say, I, I I got a 24 I, hour show. I thought you okay. said it on the podcast. To be honest with you, I, I feel like said you said it on the show too. too but but I. I I you know I tried to get away from giving a number. I wanted to see how they played. Yeah, but you know, and I think I did say it on the podcast. But two and four, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with. You know, yesterday's yeah. price isn't today's price because right. now two and four means you lose to Detroit. Right. But um, I'll get off the fence and say you, it's a successful road trip. You're lying. You're, you're, it is. Why are you lying to it? You're going to be because a, you come you might feel that way Monday. You're not going to feel that way at six thirty tonight. Yeah, but that's that's an emotional response a little bit. Well, you if get I feel, a little emotional. If I feel that way on Monday, that's more of a clear-headed response. And I think back to how it is. Two and four on this road trip, as frustrating as it may be tonight if that's what happens, you came off of that, and people were dreading the six-game road trip. Mm. You came off of that still, what would they be, two games over 500? Coming home. I mean, you can't I – don't, I, don't I don't see how you can look at that and say it's a bad road trip. Well, it's because you lost to Detroit. That's how you look at it as a bad road trip. You lost to Detroit at the end after that 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 win against Toronto. Yeah, that's but, how. But bad though, I would I wouldn't call that a bad road trip. You were able to you were you able had, to survive you, that you, and you, come you, home. Okay, two let's games look, over five hundred. Okay, let's let's go back to your line a minute ago about how they played. You get you get it handed to you by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You play terrible against New York. In a, a, a perfectly fine game against Milwaukee, in my opinion. So you got that one. Mm-hmm. You got the two beatdowns. You got the just the, the poise and composure to beat Toronto, and then you lose to Detroit. What about Cleveland? Where's Cleveland? Oh, that's right. I'm holding up five <laughs> fingers. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. If I, if I told you, if I told you. The before Where was they the Cleveland game after after Milwaukee? After Milwaukee, if I if I told if I told anybody at, at the beginning of this trip you're going to beat Cleveland but lose to Detroit, 
they were just kind of Nick Bosa, put their put their shoulders up. Okay. Do you, I mean? Do what do you think? Like if I if we would have said that I, before I, but, but, before the before the trip, so, you're going to beat Cleveland but lose to Detroit. So is it a good or bad trip? Well, do your Doc Rivers <laughs> tell the whole story I because I think part story. of the story is Philly and New York. Well, and well, then we get into because that's part of the story of the Toronto game, right? Oh, right, right. Philly, New York, and the response. Right. Then we get into so that's why I say yesterday's. Assessment is not today's assessment, and that's and that's because what I of the mean. Toronto thing. But I'm going back to well, not just the Toronto thing, but the way that they lost to Philly and New York, and now you're compounding it with a loss to a team that's the second worst in the league. I feel like Toronto might have saved them the way they played in Toronto. Okay. Toronto was a hell of a game. They played they played a gritty hell of a game in Toronto, and I think that saves, in my opinion, that saves it from being a bad road trip. They played a hell of a game in Toronto. They did. They did, and they need to follow it up with a hell of a game in Detroit. No Fox in New York either, by the way. Okay. Your best player wasn't there. Okay. It's not the only game he's missed this year. No. We'll step out. Uh, we've got the best of both worlds coming up. Uh, Chris Biederman. Oh, I ain't going to sing it. <laughs> You're not allowed to. Don't do that. Don't tell on yourself. <laughs> I we got. I ain't gonna say it. We got uh, Chris Biederman coming up, who, of course, one of the great 49ers reporters. He's in Detroit. Uh, Kings beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. So uh, we'll talk Kings and 49ers with Chris Biederman in Detroit when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. We're back here on ESPN 1320. Chris was just about to launch into a great story. <laughs> now I'm just our, our man Chris Biederman, beat writer for the Sacramento Kings, Sacramento Bee, uh, does the Candlestick Chronicles with with, with Kyle Matson. He's, he's a great Kings reporter. He's a great 49ers reporter. Uh, he's out in Detroit. He had a tough travel day yesterday. He was just about to launch into what was probably the greatest story of all time. Now I'm on the edge of my seat wondering what was ab- about to happen as we come back. No, I, it's not a good story at all. I was just, <laughs> you, you, know you, go, you know you go to the airport and you see those people kind of sprinting mm-hmm. and oh, like yeah. going place to place. And you're like, man, I just never want to be that person. Yeah, That was me yesterday. Oh. I sprinted across, across O'Hare from the G-Gates to the L-Gates only to come up short. I was 10 minutes before my, my connections departure, but they still closed the door on me. So I had to wait in O'Hare for four hours yesterday. So They should just call O'Hare Airport, I hate you airport, because <laughs> it is constructed like it hates people. Never be. Yeah, is it, it worse than Atlanta? $12 voucher. It's with, a, they gave me a $12 voucher, which got me like two-thirds of a cocktail. So Very okay. nice. I hope you enjoyed it. It is worse than Atlanta. <laughs> there aren't many worse than O'Hare. O'Hare is tough mm. it is tough tough i know tough. the best is like sacramento well, yeah sacramento, you can show up five minutes before the flight and just phenomenal. walk yeah you'd be fine yeah, you just phenomenal. walk in there and take a picture of the rabbit and keep it moving hey, yeah you got to take the rabbit picture <laughs> well that's, that's usually mando. when you come back yeah, no one mando. takes a picture when they mando. leave um, i've never taken a picture of the rabbit for the record oh you slipping you ain't really no sacramento. i'm not i'm just you ain't really sacramento oh, okay I'm Sacramento. You ain't Sacramento. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm ne- I'll, I'll state this for the record. I am never taking a picture of the rabbit. <laughs> you gotta just be your principal. Got to take a rabbit pic. Um, I was just going to say, though, you know, it's unfortunate. Well, no, nah, I ain't even going to go there because it's not even unfortunate. You know, running through the airport is only one thing that we think about. OJ. 
<laughs> the only one commercial. thing we think about running through the airport. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Hey it's, man, I won't yep. mention this guy's uh, yep. name. I'll give him his initials. OJ, OJ. Okay, thank you, man. <laughs> I won't but, uh, let's, let's dive into let's dive into the Kings here. Um, what what was the vibe following the, the the before we get into Detroit tonight? Where you are? What was the what was the vibe following uh, the Raptors game? Because you were there uh, with them, and that was obviously a hell of a win for this team. Man, they were happy, you know, and and it was a struggle. It looked like it was going to be a really frustrating loss, particularly. Early in the game, they fall down 16 points early in the second quarter. They're not getting calls. Like, De'Aaron Fox is clearly frustrated with the officiating throughout the game. Um, they weren't shooting all that well. Uh, they, they, they did get some production from Terrence Davis. They didn't have Ter- uh, Kevin Herter in that game, obviously. Um, and it was kind of a slog, and, and it just sort of felt like with the way the Raptors can often defend with all the length that they have, that it would be a tough game for the Kings to get back into, and then they did make that run at the end of the at the end of the second quarter, and and they really just kept it close. Like the game was never really out of reach in the second half, and and that's when you know as time went on and and it felt like the game never really got out of hand for the Kings. You know that they can score offensively, and if they if they could just get stops, um, then then things might break their way, and then the game completely changed when when Mike Brown got ejected. And, you know, all the players, I'm sure you guys have heard and talked and read about it, like all the players mentioned that that was a real turning point. And they said, you know, Mike Brown might have done it on purpose, but Malik Monk told me, like, that was the reason we won the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it it gave them an energy boost that they needed on the second night of a back-to-back after a tough game in Philadelphia. And then they sort of locked in and refocused, and they played better defense, um, and they played a really good fourth quarter, and they got the win, and, and you know, celebrated Jordy Fernandez. I think Jordy's a guy who might be sort of an unsung hero on this team. He's Mike Brown's top assistant. He's a defensive guy. Um, he actually coached Terrence Davis at Summer League before Davis even got into the NBA, before he signed with the Raptors. Um, so there's a comfort level there with those two. And just, you know, it, it, everyone was really happy for Jordy. Jordy's, you know, answering questions in Spanish post game. Damanis Sabonis is reminding everybody that he speaks Spanish mm-hmm. post game. He speaks Spanish fluently and he grew up in Spain. And everyone's kind of looking around like, Domas knows Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but no, the vibes, you know, the vibes with the Kings all year have been good. And that's, that's ultimately the thing I keep coming back to is, is a team that, or an organization that isn't known for, for, you know, being one that players want to be a part of, I, it feels like that's turning this year. And the vibes after the Toronto game certainly indicated that. Hey, I want to talk about uh, De'Aaron Fox because, you know, I say this all the time. When things go wrong as a superstar, as the quote-unquote best player on the team, you got to wear that. If You know, you're in Philadelphia and you put up 15 points and one assist and, you know, people are looking around like, yo, you've got to be better, you've got to wear that that same energy needs to be kept when he has a game like he had Wednesday against Toronto, where not only did he play well, but he was a driving force and he was clutch De'Aaron Fox at the end of that game through everything that he was going through uh, to bring it home. What did you think about De'Aaron in that game coming off the Philadelphia game? Did you see him um, a little bit more locked in or a little bit more, um, I want to say focused, but just a little more determined to, to make sure like, Hey, I need to pick my game up, and obviously, yeah, de- de- determine is a, is the word I would use. It, it was clear that he was frustrated, right? And and he was. It, it felt like watching him play that he was 
playing against the officials and the Raptors in, in his own head, right? Like he felt a little bit of the extra motivation, like, man, I really just got to will us to this victory because all things are against us. We're on the road. It's the second night of a back-to-back. We don't have our head coach. And so that was a moment you really look for, you know, when you're a star player, like when you give a guy a max contract like De'Aaron Fox got, that's the type of performance that you need from him on the road. And that's what the Kings got. He was hitting shots. Um, I think you could make a similar claim to for, for Domas, who just, mm-hmm. you know, 20 rebounds, the second 2020 game of the season, um, really took advantage of Toronto lacking a true center. Um, and even though Toronto has a ton of length, they just didn't have a traditional big. And, and Domas went down in the post and, and did his thing. Um, and it, it really seems like when those two are clicking, when Domas has – is getting a bunch of rebounds and, you know, the Kings won the possession battle or they didn't win it. They, they had one less field goal or one fewer field goal attempt while uh, the Raptors had like, I think it was a 12 advantage in turnovers. So the fact that the Kings were able to get so many second chance points was a tribute to Domas, but just in terms of like the team spirit and the way um, that Fox maintained that determination to just try to like, will the team to win to say, Hey, I'm going to score in this fourth quarter um, because we need this victory. Uh, I, I thought that spoke to, you know, some of the steps that he's taking this year as a star on on a good player. And when we talk about, you know, the all-star game coming down the road, like those are the types of performances that you're going to point to, like regardless of the stats and all that stuff, it's like when the team really needs its star player to come through in a key moment, if De'Aaron Fox can keep putting together situate like performances like that in the fourth quarter, like he did in Toronto, then that's going to be what gets into the all-star game ultimately, in my opinion. Chris Biederman, kind enough to join us from Detroit here on D'Lo and KC. So let's shift to that game tonight. The question of the day, and I will not lead the witness in this question. Mm. Does tonight's game determine whether the trip was successful or not? Does the outcome of tonight's game determine whether the trip was successful or not? That's tough to say. I, I guess I'd have to I'd have to ask the the players that if they really view it in those terms. But like, you know, the loss to New York and and the way the Philadelphia game went, it's hard to feel particularly good about the road trip, knowing that those are some pretty winnable games the way those teams have been playing. Um, but finishing a road trip three and three, probably one of their toughest road trips of the season, and and being able to beat Cleveland um, or early on in the trip, I think it. it, it is obviously a really good sign. But no, like, I, I think you talk to NBA people, they'll tell you, like, win the majority of your games at home and be around 500 on the road, and, and that's what you can hang your hat on. And and that could, you know, likely get you to the playoffs, right? If, if the Kings can finish an East Coast trip 3-3, three and three, given the circumstances, given that, you know, some of these guys are sick, like, that some of the guys told me that, that Alex Len's obviously away from the team because he's, he's ill, but um, like a cop's going around the locker room and, and with all the travel and the weather and all of that stuff, um, that's certainly been something that they've had to contend with on top of just the difficulties of, of playing in the road on the NBA. So um, I think three and three would be an acceptable outcome. I think a successful trip would have been four and two probably because you, you probably don't sleepwalk through the through the New York game and you play a little bit better, more clean in the in the Philadelphia game. But no, three and three, I think you'd come away with it, I guess, satisfied if you're the Kings or maybe a Kings fan, in my opinion, whereas I think four and two, or better probably would have would have defined a successful trip in my opinion. Yeah, so what's two and four mean? <laughs> <laughs> two and four would be bad, particularly, you know, the Pistons losing Cade Cunningham, being the second worst team in the league record-wise, that, that would be bad. I would be very surprised if the Kings 
Um, if the uh, given given all the, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say surprise because stuff happens in the NBA, and we did see the Pistons play the Kings pretty tough uh, when they came to Golden One a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, two and four, like losing tonight, that would leave an awfully bitter taste in all their mouths. Given that um, it it seemed like such a stirring win for the team and morale and everything like that when they when they were able to beat Toronto uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a sign of where this team is right now as well, though, where people feel that way. And that's not yeah. a that's not a bad thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's not a bad thing at all. I, I, I look at, you know, in a, in a sense, I look at, you know, two, four, two and four in a vacuum and saying, like, eh, it's not the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't call it a bad trip. Right. But some of that changes for me after what we saw on Wednesday. You had a, a great win against Toronto. Um, you know, the best one of the year, in my opinion. And you don't want to lose some of that momentum or some of that goodwill and good energy by losing to Detroit, you know. So whereas going into the the road trip, if you went two and four and say you told me they beat Cleveland and lost to Detroit, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But I wouldn't call it a bad road trip. Well, after that win on Wednesday, I mean, that changes things, you know, for me personally. It's like, I'm going to finish this thing off right here. So, you know, I, I, I want to see them close this thing out and be 3-3 three and three on this six-game trip. Yeah, and, you know, when you go home, you have a six-game homestand coming up next, and it starts with a very bit winnable game against Charlotte. And then you have a tough game potentially against the Lakers uh, and then Washington, who you also should beat, and then back-to-back games against the Nuggets and then the Jazz, which, um, you know, they should beat the Jazz, but the Nuggets games are, are going to be a, a good litmus test for where the Kings are. And so... Um, you don't want to be giving wins away with how closely stacked the the, the West is. Uh, you know, they lose a couple of games that they shouldn't. And then all of a sudden, instead of the five or the six seed, they're they're 10 or 11th. Right. So they, they just need to you know, they're in the thick of it. It's really it's really closely packed in the West. And so they can't be giving games away against teams they should beat. And I would absolutely put Detroit without Cade Cunningham, who's, who had surgery today to repair his shin injury. If he's if you know he's done for the year like if they if the king can't beat detroit tonight then i think that would be a pretty a pretty bad end to, to what's been an otherwise reasonably good road trip you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 